I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. gentlemen this is episode 40 of the strap season podcast i i'm your boy cam i'm your boy flows and just before we get into the episode just want to make sure you guys hit us up on instagram and twitter click on the bio there and that takes you to where we are in terms of streaming platforms we're on all the major ones spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. to pick your fancy man just like subscribe leave us leave us a good review and uh, keep rocking with us um, but yeah, how you been, bro? Bank holiday's over. Back to reality now. You have a good yeah, bank holiday? Yeah. yeah, it was calm, man. The weather was lovely. Yeah. So yeah, stepped out, met a few men. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was good. The weather was a big thing for me. It's good that finally we got the, I think, the rain, the most of the rain behind us. And yeah, the weather came through in the clutch at the right time of bank holiday weekend. So that was good, man. That was really good. Um, only one place to start from, really. Um, in terms of fights over the bank holiday weekend. Um, Saturday, we've seen a, a world title fight between Devin Haney and Jorge Linares. If you recall in our last pod, we sort of almost, you know, challenged Haney, you know, almost like a call to action on, you know, being you know, Haney to make a statement basically against a very, very tough opponent, a very credible opponent and probably the hardest opponent on his resume by far, right? Yeah. Um, in Jorge Linares, ex-world champion, ex-multiple multiple world champion, actually, right? Um, mm. I think he's won a couple world titles in different weight classes. 35, yeah. but very experienced. Um, question must be asked, bro. Um, having seen the fight, do you feel like Haney made a statement with that performance? Um, I like Haney. I've been saying it. And uh-huh. for me, I felt there was a statement made. It's pretty similar to the Gamboa, the type of statement he made. He showed us his ability once again, that he's cold, but I don't think it's the statement everyone wants to see from him. I think people looking at that and thinking, oh, there's, there's there's holes in there. Whereas to me, I'm saying, okay, this guy, like I I alluded to in the last episode, I believe he is the most skilled out of the four. Mm. I believe he is, um, but he just lacks the pop the other guys have. Mm. I think the statement he showed was that he can, he's smart in there and he can deal with adversity when it did come. Um, okay. What about you? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the adversity part because that's a key, obviously, element to the fight. Yeah. Um, for me, I actually preferred this performance. I preferred this performance against Lenores compared to Gamble. Mm. Yeah, it was much better. It, it was more of a statement. This and this fight, I mean, um, and the key difference for that, the key reasons for that is because Haney sort of changed a little bit in terms of his fight style for this fight. Obviously, mm. he was still the same slippery, very technical, very quick, uh, for, yeah, quick hands, difficult to hit, great with the counter shots and timing. The jab was firing off perfectly, like yeah. a piston. So all that stuff which we knew he could do what he was still doing. But the difference is with this one, with this fight here against Lenores, whereas previously Haney is a very, he will 
catch you for a couple of combos and get out of there. And you, you're, 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 hit, you're sort of hitting air and whatnot. Yeah. He seemed more open to staying in the pocket was for this yeah. fight. And he was pretty much in the pocket the whole fight with the Norris. He wasn't yeah. really being, you know, backing off on the back foot too tough. Obviously, the Norris came through trying to pressure him early. And Haney was standing there trading with him. And they were fine enough combos together in the pocket. And Haney was, get, was able to get the better of the exchanges, obviously, because of the fact that he's quicker than the Norris. Quicker hands and better timing. So I appreciate the fact that Haney this time was happy to stand there in the pocket as opposed to moving around the ring constantly on the back foot, backpedaling, boxing, a couple of combos and getting out of there real quick. He was more open to staying in the pocket. And I think that for me, yeah, I preferred that um, because it's weird because him being in the pocket obviously made him more liable to be hit. And yeah. as we saw, even though Lenares was being beaten in terms of speed and whatnot, and Haney was landing more, Lenares was trying to time Haney with his counter left constantly, and yeah. he caught him a couple of times. And I think that, obviously, that made for a more exciting fight because of the fact that Haney, I'm sure if he wanted to, he could have fought him in a different way. He could have been on the back foot and stayed on the outside throughout. He's got a longer reach on it. He's a bigger man than Lenares. So he could have stayed on the outside throughout, but the fact that he was willing to stay in the inside with Lenores and show off his inside game just made for a more exciting fight. And that's why I guess I appreciate the performance more. So in a weird way, even though he probably made more mistakes and got hit more in this fight, I appreciate the fact that he was happy to engage. And um, even though, yeah, he won the bulk of the rounds, as you mentioned, he did face adversity with this fight, which we expected because it's, it's Jorge Lenores. Yeah, Lenores is not food, right? He's, he's a good. That's the key difference. Lenores is a very, very good fighter. Yeah, and he's facing the top, the top fighter there. At one point, Lenores is world class. Um, you might you might make an argument that he still is world class. I don't know, but um, yeah, we knew Lenores would test him, and like I, as we mentioned, he was landing that he was trying to land his counter left, and some counter rights as well, and there was a we there was a moment of um. There's a part of you know I think eleventh round where it, it was a bit techy for Haney, wasn't it? Um, I think right at the end of the round, the bell was I think the bell had just gone, and Lenares has landed one one last counter shot, and um, we've seen. I'm sorry. It was it was a combo at the end. Was it, yeah. was it a combo? Okay, yeah, it might have been. A yeah, he, okay, he, he unloaded a bit and then caught him with it. It was yeah, it was a right hand, I think. Yeah, might be the left hand or right, but yeah, the right hand buzzed him at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so we've seen Haney, Haney wobble for the first time, right? I think in his career, the first proper shot that he's taken, and he, he Haney Haney's legs buckled, and he stumbled back to his corner. Did you notice what Lenares did as well? Yeah, the matador thing, man, man, yeah. <laughs> man, man beckoned him like it was like, like a matador beckoned into a ball, like it was so sick. Like I thought, rah. <laughs> And, it was um, rude as well because deep, really and truly, Lenares was getting tubbed up the whole fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, just that one punch. Yeah. And it was really funny because Haney was smiling because obviously I think it's one of the most a, a, a fight technologies they've been caught with a really good shot. So yeah. Haney was sort of nodding and smiling. He's got back to his stool. He's smiling, thinking, yeah, good shot, blah, blah. Obviously, he was able to recover. But obviously, I think, yeah, that was in the 11th round, wasn't it? So I think the 12th round... Obviously, it was 
Or was end, it the 10th? End of the 10th. End of the 10th. Okay, sorry, right, end yeah, of the 10th. Because, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I am the 11th round now, obviously. I think that one shot sort of gave Lenares some vigour and sort yeah. of just gave him that confidence. And I think that, that 11th round, he's obviously come in throwing more bombs. Um, and I think for the first half of that round, to me, it didn't look like Haney had recovered. Um, Bro, he was just holding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was holding aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Man would instantly tie him up, hold him, yeah. and then complain to the ref that he's punching him in the back of the head. It yeah. was very, it was very smart. And mm. I'm surprised the ref let it go on without mm. winning it once. But he was holding aggressively for two minutes of mm. that 11th round. Yeah. Um, he hadn't recovered for the first half, really. And um, I didn't expect much from it in terms of, I obviously, I knew Haney probably had the skills and the wherewithal to to sort of navigate through the last two rounds. But um, obviously, yeah, obviously, Lenara is sort of throwing more and more bombs to try and unsettle Haney. Obviously, made it for... I guess more interesting viewing, but um, yeah, like I said, that was only for like the first half of the eleventh because the rest of it, Haney then recovered and got back to what he was doing, what got back to what he was doing best and showing off his skills, showing off, showing off the speed, the combinations and whatnot. And twelfth round sort of went as the rest of the fight had gone. So um, yeah, comfortable win for Devin Haney. Um, he showed, I guess, he showed what we wanted to see in terms of as a young champion. How does he? take to take an adversity to face an adversity sorry and I guess he, he he's come away unscathed with that one um big shot caught him he recovered and he was able to sort of navigate through the rest of the rounds um so yeah for me like I said I prefer the performance it isn't the same earth-shaking statement that say obviously TF3 did against Lomachenko or Tank's done or maybe even Ryan Garcia with his knockout of um, Luke Campbell um but I don't know. That performance there might make those other fighters keen to get in the ring with him, I guess, because he wasn't the tricky, slippery guy in there per se. He was there being touched. Obviously, still not as much as he was able to touch Lenares. So they might think, okay, yeah, I can get to this guy. Maybe, maybe. I don't think is. Yeah, go on. All these other guys get touched as well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tag gets touched. Tiafimo gets touched. Yep. My Garcia gets touched. Oh boy. Yeah. So so that's what makes the prospects of all these guys getting in the ring with each other that much more exciting because they mm. all get touched, but they're all very skillful. Mm. Devin Haney's the, the slickest one out of them for me. I yeah, don't care. I agree. Fully agree. Even though even though he was getting caught, there was there was things in there that he was doing that was was so clean, mm. so clean, like, like making him miss. It's just that he lacks the pop and explosiveness yeah. that these other guys have. Because these yeah. other guys probably would have put Lenares down. Yes, so I was listening to like obviously post-match reactions and whatnot and Lenares was giving an interview and he was saying that, yeah, Haney doesn't have power. You know, he basically put it, he put it bluntly like he has no power. He didn't really, he didn't hurt him in there. Obviously the issue that he dealt with was the fact that obviously it was the speed of punches. So obviously it's, he said, Lenares said it's tough for him, obviously he'd get him pop, pop, pop by four or five combinations in like, as in four or five combos which are like a blur to him. But in terms of the power, he said it was fine to deal with. And Lomachenko was more powerful. He said Lomachenko's shots had more pop to it. But obviously, when it comes to speed, the speed edge he gave to Haney. Um, so that obviously that's obviously an asset. It's just, yeah. I don't know, man. Obviously, he's still young. He's still 22. I don't know if 
he stood, I don't know if we, you know, yeah, they talk about, you know, boxers getting their man strength when they get to a certain age. Maybe he hasn't reached that yet. I don't know. But yeah, in terms of the power stakes, he's definitely behind the other three, clearly. Um, so I don't know if that will be held against him in these close fights and whatnot. Because power is obviously it's very, it can be very, very key, as we know. It, it turns the table so quickly. Um, yeah. But in terms of skills, yeah, to me, he's the best as well. I think he's the most skilled out of all of them. Um, Lenores did say that obviously he, for him, I, th- he, I think he feels like obviously, I don't think he sports since 2019. And obviously, at 35, that inact- inactivity, I think, has come back to bite him because he did say towards the end he felt very, very tired, which isn't normal for him. He tends to, he said he tends to finish strong, but maybe the, in, the you know, the ring rust inactivity might have gone against him there. But, um, yeah, overall, comfortable win against a very, very good, credible opponent. That's a top opponent yeah. he's beaten. And he's beaten would you, quite, quite, quite handily. Yeah, he has. What do you make of the criticism? Um, because people were booing um, Devin Haney. At the yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, even at, at the end, when he obviously they get up on the ropes and they gesticulate yeah. to the crowd and whatnot. And, yeah, I, I was thinking, right, they're booing him. Um, and other people have been saying, what's it, obviously, Ryan Garcia said, I would have slept you, Tia Fimo posted yep. food. Yep. <laughs> um, people saying, oh, yeah, he's a hugger. Yep. Is this? I mean, would you would you make of all that? Um, it's. I, I feel like. Because, I, I don't know. I feel like they're putting the pressure, obviously, because of the rest of them, you know, making such big statements and whatnot. And Haney sort of been hyped and earmarked from a very very early age as the next one, right? Yeah. I feel like because of the fact that he he hasn't been in exciting fights as opposed to the other guys that that's been held against him yeah um and yeah i don't know it could be just a casual thing of wanting to see explosive knockouts because yeah. the rest of the people in the division are giving you explosive knockouts more or less yeah so they they expect you to be held to that standard as well and it's, it's, there's no shame in this david haney's different he's a different kind of fighter that's not him clearly yeah him it's skills skills pay the bills and when, you know, we know many fighters that their skillfulness got held against them for years. Mm. Um, Floyd, perfect example. <laughs> People hate casuals. Said Floyd fights were the most boring things in the world. But yeah. for us, it's like wow, look at the skills on display. Amazing. So um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Like I said, Tank, who it still feels criminal to to call Tank a one thirty five pounder because he isn't really. But <laughs> why them in there for now? Tank, obviously, we know what he's given us. Um, Tiafimo, obviously, didn't knock out Loma, but he's known for being a knockout artist, to be honest. Tiafimo. Yeah. Um, Ryan Garcia has also, I think, stopped all but two of his opponents. So he's a knockout artist. Yeah. <laughs> These other guys are knockout knockout artists. And Haney's got the lowest knock. He's, what, he's got like a 55, 50 or 60% knockout ratio. That is, yeah. that's, that's just being held against him. But yeah, I say he yeah. carries on letting the skills do the talking. And yeah. That's that. I agree with you. I agree. Um, I think um, a lot of people criticizing him, maybe casuals who are seeing highlight knockouts from the other guys and thinking, where's my highlight knockout from, from this guy? Um, I've come to watch him. He's meant to be this and that. They're not appreciating the skill. They wanted to see something explosive and a knockout. Um, yeah, you're not going to get that from him. I think he was trying and credited for trying, but um, 
I think he always tries. Gamboa was yeah. trying to. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's trying acting like he won, but he definitely was trying. And he was, the thing is, he lands clean, sweet shots. Beautiful shots. It, he lands clean shots, but he, it's clearly no pop because you're looking at that. Oh, yeah. the fighters are just eating them. Bro, some, some, you have to accept sometimes it's just not. Some people are blessed with it naturally and some yeah. people aren't, man. Um, Pernell Whitaker, one of my favourite fighters of all time, rest in peace. Mm. Uh, one of the most skilled fighters ever. No, no, no pop to his punches, really. Not very powerful. Um, had to rely on the fact that obviously superior skills, and that can that can also be a double edged sword. Obviously, as we know, with skillful fighters with no pop, really, because, um, yeah, obviously they might. I mean, Whitaker got robbed so many times of fights where he's outboxes opponent, but yeah, the lack of power. Judge don't take into account certain things and they might rob you or whatever. Obviously, when you knock out when you knock out an opponent, you're taking it out of the judge's hands. So it's it's easier, exactly. right? But um, yeah, um, I can foresee some something like that happen with Haney in the future, you know, but we'll see, we'll cross that bridge when it gets there. Obviously, inevitably now, the what next question. We well, we know what we want to see next, which is one of these guys. Um yeah, I feel like we're gonna keep we're gonna ask this question after each time these guys fight until they finally make the fights that we want to see. Um, do you have a... I think, I think that your preference for Haney would be to fight Tiafimo, right? Or I think, yeah, it has to be Tiafimo or yeah. Lomachenko. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing is, they're all ranked in the... So, Tiafimo has the WBC franchise. Yeah. Which is obviously controversial because yeah. David Haney's the WBC champion. Yeah. But Wanga, I see, is the interim WBC champion. So they're all basically in line to fight each other. Uh-huh. Now, I, I chuck in Lomachenko in there because Lomachenko was a previous WBC champion uh-huh. who elevated the franchise yep. rather than fighting Devin Haney. Yep. So I feel those three options for Devin Haney, what uh-huh. they have to happen. Um, him with Teofimo needs to happen. Or if he wants to say, okay, Lomachenko ducked me previously or whatever, yep. I'm going to beat him now. And that's me earning my belt. Yeah. <laughs> I th- um, he I can do that as well. Me, uh, to Teofimo fight, obviously, uh, any of these fights I get made, including Loma, I'm happy with personally. Yeah. But if I had, if if I feel that was right for the division, this whole mm-hmm. franchise undisputed thing needs to be put to bed. I feel like the WBC obviously are calling Teofimo undisputed, but the rest of the governing bodies, the rest of the belts. The, government, the rest of the governing bodies are saying, no, he's not. They're not recognising his undisputed status. So yeah. just to put this to bed so we, we know for sure who is actually the undisputed champion of the division and who isn't, yeah, let's make that. You know me, I'm all about undisputed and unification. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, if that's there, um, yeah, let's make that. That's the fight I want to see next. And I think that's, that's the most likely. likely. Yeah, that seems at this point, just judging from what, you know, obviously the way Hearn's talking and Bill Haney's talking and yeah, I feel like that's, the, that's what they're going to try and do. That's the move they're trying to make. Obviously, T3-1's got to take care of his business against Cambosis. Obviously, the team Haney have taken care of their business, so now it's on T3-1 to do their thing. And hopefully, we might, fingers crossed, get that undisputed fight at the end of the year, towards the tail end of the year. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, if all goes well. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not picky, you know. I'm not fussy. If, they, if suddenly we see Ryan Garcia versus Haney, I'm happy with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm a beggar's can't be choosers, isn't it? So, yeah. 
yeah, the beautiful thing is they're all young. As long as Teofimo don't decide to run up to not run, um, move up to um, one. Well, don't say running, we'll get on to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mo- yeah, move up to 140 or yeah. whatever he wants. Yeah, um, I wanted to stick around for a bit because we, we need to see something. <laughs> there's a lot to see. <laughs> well, we there's a lot to see, fam. Trust me, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, congrats to Devin, man. Um, top performance again. Can't really, can't really argue, argue with the performance. Um, nice to see you stay in the pocket. Um, like I said, he's got different, he's got different notches to his bow. Um, different skills in the locker, man. Um, he's gonna be very tough to beat. I'll give you that. He's gonna be very, very tough to beat. Yeah. Um, I think, I think these guys will need to stop him. Yes, I him. think so too. And to be yeah. fair, I mean, Lenares is a big punch. Lenares can punch. Obviously, Lenares can punch. He dropped Lomachenko, but yeah. talking power punches, I mean, uh, Tank and Tiafimo and even Ryan Garcia, I'm sure they, they could be hit harder than Lenares. So if they catch yeah. Influx, that's why I feel like he won't fight those guys like he fought Lenares. He'll be more going back to being even more slippery and slick. Because um, mm. if they catch Influx, boy, it could be a long night. But <laughs> we'll see what if happens. They had him hurt. I was thinking if they had him hurt, I don't know if they, but he was very good at like. Um, yeah, you, you said the holding and stuff in it. Yeah, yeah it was. It was, it was very. He was really good at smothering work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tough. He's so, gonna be yeah. tough to beat, man. He's a very, very good boxer. Um, let's preview to what's going on this coming week. Um, I think only one thing to preview really, um, and that's the return of Daniel, Daniel Dubois, right? Yeah, DDD or Triple, triple D, Triple D, Triple D. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, Triple D. Um, obviously, the first time we're seeing him ever since that tough, tough loss to Joe Joyce, um, where he unfortunately got his eye socket broken, I believe, or his orbital broken. Was it the same yeah. thing? Oh, yeah, I don't know. But um, so yeah, this is his first fight post recovery. Um, yeah, man, what are, you, what are you looking to see from Daniel um, on his return? He's against um, what, what, is it Dinu Bogdan Dinu? Yeah. He's, he's a good opponent. That's a, that's just, a really, I mean, that's a... I won't lie. I thought, I thought that might be... Which I expected to come through, but for a comeback opponent, that's quite hard, you know? Yeah, it's straight <laughs> into a tough fight. So, fair play to him. Um, yeah. But this is the type of fight he should have been having before Joe Joyce. <laughs> really yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's the type of... Um, but yeah, this is, this is a, a great opponent. Um, uh-huh. I think what we want to see, I'm sure we can agree on, is a, is a strong, solid jab. Uh. <laughs> Establishing his own jab kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, I th- I think he, he should come through this. Bog- Bogdan Dino's lost to Pulev. Uh-huh. And, who, and who else? Um, Miller. So he, he, Joe, <laughs> he lost to Miller, then he lost to Pulev afterwards, straight afterwards. Yeah. Those, um, are, those are his only two losses. Okay, yeah. So this is the type of fight that Daniel Dubois should be winning and yeah. he should be trying to stop him. Um, mm. but he's, he's old now, Dino. He's been around for a while. Mm. So, yeah, I, I expect a strong return, make a statement against a good op- opponent, but um, show something new in there. He's working with Shane McGuigan now, mm-hmm. which is, which is yeah, I th- which I think is a good link up. We saw what um, Shane's been doing uh, with uh, Okoli. You're, you're waiting McGuigan now, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like McGuigan. I like him. It's just that he's had some controversy like some tough losses yeah, with his fighters yeah, before. Yeah. He's had a few tough losses. Yeah. Um, so, but I like what I see him do. It's yeah. just sometimes when he's in the corner, I get nervous for, for his fighters because yeah. an upset could be coming. But yeah, um, 
we'll see. I guess we'll see something new. Obviously, we we spoke about him making the changes after that fight, so mm. we finally get to see it in action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Echo your sentiments, really. Um. Yeah. Um. Some new skills, maybe. Um. I do suspect that we'll we'll see some of the same, obviously, and we won't see a drastic change in his style. Um, you still see that explosive, you know, athleticism and and power from him. But yeah, yeah I just want to see a bit more, maybe a bit more, a bit more ring IQ, a bit more ring generalship. Obviously, obviously, utilizing the jab and whatnot. Um, that'd be nice to see from him. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, Danny Dubois is what twenty three years old. He doesn't need to be rushed. Obviously, he's a tough loss, but he can take his time in terms of how he moves through through the division. Um, yeah, I think opponents, even though it's a tough comeback loss, like I mean, tough comeback fight, like I said, opponents of the caliber of Dino is what he should be looking to fight for the next couple of fights. I think before they then move him up and stuff. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want him to rush Dubois. Yeah. Um, I, I see, I see, you know, good tan- intangibles there, good skills there. There's no need to rush him. He's got plenty of time. He's still very, very young. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully just see him. It's good to see him back. And, um, we hope that the eye thing is, I mean, I don't think it'll ever be the same, but hopefully, you know, um, we won't see any sort of, you know, tough back, tough injuries like that again. Cause yeah, yeah it was, I mean, not only was a tough loss, but that injury is, it's very difficult to recover from as we know with other fighters. So yeah, man, hopefully yeah. he's okay. Um, I haven't seen too much. I've seen build up, but it's build up just promoting. Yeah, it's, um, it's, Dubois. I've yeah, not seen yeah. heard anything from Dinu. So yeah. I want to. I want to see the press conferences and see if uh, he tries to rattle him a bit about that yeah. eye injury or what. Uh, or, 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 or he you know, mentioned something about oh he quit. Even though you know we talked about whether it's quitting or not, but yeah, yeah. fighters can use that as ammo, I guess, to say oh not me, you, know, you can't do that to me, blah blah. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't bite Dino in the ass if he, if, if, if he tries to leave at that <laughs> angle because, boy, a lot of fighters say that and then we saw what happened with Billy Joe and whatnot, so. Yeah, it could yeah. be damning. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, hopefully that's a win for the bar, man. Um, it's good to see him back on the comeback trail. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll be tuning in very keen to see what, how he looks, how good he looks. And because um, remember what I said as well, with that type of loss, that can really break a fighter mentally, not just physically, yeah. but me- from the mental side of things. It can really affect a fighter. It's a first loss and you've had to pull yourself out because of a really bad injury. How do you mentally bounce back from that? Um, so, yeah. If Dini do, does offer Dubois some adversity in there, some tough adversity, how is he, he going to respond to that? Um, is it going to mentally weigh on his mind? We don't know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very keen to see how he, you know, how he takes to taking the ring again. But it's yeah. he's come back pretty quickly. I mean, I feel like there's yeah. other people with that type of loss or that type of injury that take forever when they're out. Mm. But I feel like he's come back super fast. So yeah, like six, six months. Yeah, what was that fight with? Yeah, he's... yeah, because that, that fight I mean, was the back end of last year, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. and credit. It's, it's it's not it's not just any warm up fight. It's it's a, it's a good name. Like said, it's, it's, it's an experienced fighter. That's a really good opponent. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm, impre- I'm impressed with him for taking that one because yeah, fair play, man. He's, Fighters bounce back and fight. Trust. Bin men and stuff. But Dino's, <laughs> Dino's a good fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair play, fair play. Um, oh, yeah. Might as well jump into it. Let's talk about John Fury. <laughs> oh, man. Bravo. 
let's talk about John Fury. Um, do you uh, do you want to yeah? Do you want a quick quick summary uh, to the listeners of uh, why we want to talk about John Fury? He dropped quite an interview on BT Sport, didn't he? Yeah, so the state of his son's affairs, right? Yeah, um, we we I think most people in the boxing world know John Fury. He's a he doesn't hold back when he speaks. Uh-huh. He, he usually he's very straight talking. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And they've asked him about his opinion with this Wilder and Fury arbitration and the AJ Fury fight being cancelled, uh-huh. and he's whipped into everyone involved uh-huh. in Fury's camp. He's not happy with it. He's disappointed in his son, it sounds like. He says his son is surrounded by yes-men. And he's not happy that this fight with Wilder is happening next because he wanted to see the AJ fight and we all thought we'd see the AJ fight. Um, Yeah, he's basically just slamming into (laughs) Fury's camp and he's blaming them. He said they're at fault. Um, It stinks, which... um, Obviously, Eddie Hearns camp have been saying quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he said a lot of interesting things. He said um, they didn't want the fight with AJ to happen in Saudi. He said they've done what they can to block it. We were told that this arbitration wouldn't have an issue. When you say they, you specifically mean the Americans, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. The, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. He said um, we were told the arbitration wouldn't be an issue. Um, we've been conned. He says the public aren't stupid. They know what's going on, which is damning for him to say. Um yeah, he's just not happy about the whole situation. He's not happy with how his son's team have handled it. He's not happy with his son's decision. Yeah, And yeah, it was brutally honest, brutally honest and very damning for Team Fury. Um, yeah. When, I mean, when, you, when you're saying that he was laying into... It's, yeah, it's not just Team Fury he's laying into. He was laying into his son as well. Like, yeah. He was going at his son from the jump, really, um, which was incredible to me. Yeah, like yeah. I said, he's, he, John Fury's always been straight talking. That I can, you know, that I can agree. And you know, I've I've had some words. I say some words, but you know, even I guess us, even on on this pod, we've sort of been we mentioned how we feel like John Fury's been negative this whole thing on just Fury's camp in general. But hats off with this interview, man. Um, no, man. Um, I have to really like give him his flowers with that one because you. I'm there thinking he's complicit in the whole thing, but maybe he wasn't. And obviously, well, he's come out and said, I guess, what we all have been thinking in terms of the situation with Wilder and how it's just so shady, how it's been signed off so quickly. And yeah, we know it's quite clear that Fury's surrounded by it. Even the way, the video of him signing that contract was was, 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 was cringy, wasn't it? Like, he was, yeah, yeah, like the way they were videoing him doing it and like he was surrounded by a bunch of people, like, yeah, it just, it just seemed a mess. Um, it seemed all part of the promo. Literally, all part of the promo. Um, so no, I really, really, really appreciate John Fury coming out with this kind of interview, man. It, we, we need more stuff like that, more candid interviews like that, straight talking, nothing. You know how certain channels, they might like to dress up certain interviews or play, yep. play sides and hide different things and take down stuff. But he came out, boom, was straight to the point and t- told everyone, you know, t- t- told everyone how he feels. Yeah, it's beautiful because, like you say, you have different sides telling their version of events and like not being not being honest, really. Like Frank Warren done an interview and it was Whoa. so annoying that Whoa. they weren't even grilling him. This guy was Whoa. talking about, oh, Usyk and AJ have a problem. Whoa. Why did they talk about? <laughs> Look, you see that Frank Warren? I was so annoyed, yeah, because I was so mad. The way Frank Warren was just trying to deflect everything back to Hearn. Like, 
did you get deep in that interview? He, he then dropped something about, oh, yeah, um, AJ's contract with Hearn coming to an end. There's only one fight yeah. left. So, like, why are you mentioning this? That's got nothing to do with the question. We know what you're trying to do here. You don't, yep. Frank, don't do that. Don't do that, bro. <laughs> like, the way he kept trying to spin everything back to Hearn's side and whatnot. Like, come on, bro. So poor. My mom was saying, oh, you knew there was an arbitration. Why did you sign the contract? Both sides signed the contract. Don't well, say why. Why, why, you guys signed the contract. Why, I heard signed it based on what you guys had told him. The way him. he was going about why did Hearn announce it? Bro, why, why did Fury announce it a day before? Exactly. <laughs> Come I on, I was talking man. rubbish. Yeah, and these interviewers don't really press the questions uh-huh. the same way because my man's saying, oh, if you knew there was an arbitration going on, why did you sign the contract? Uh-huh. You signed the contract because you guys signed the contract. Uh-huh. You guys had the arbitration, not them. Uh-huh. He's, he's, and my man said it's common sense. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I can He's talking rubbish, and thankfully we have someone like John Fury who can come yeah. out and just almost dispel the whole thing from their camp yeah. and say how it is, not try and point fingers at the other camp and blame them. Uh-huh. It's refreshing to see. Very refreshing. Um, boy, I'd be intrigued to... I'd love to be on the fly on the wall between a combo between John and, and, and Tyson after that one. <laughs> after that, because, boy... <laughs> that, that, like I said, the way he was laying into both... I mean, his son and his son's team. Um, and yeah, like I said, he said everything. I mean, we, we voiced these concerns the last episode, didn't we? And mm. I guess he's, he's more or less confirmed everything that we thought in it. So, yeah. Even, even, even dropped some bobs. Like, I was listening to that interview thinking, I'm going, hmm, word. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 never, I never thought I'd be saying mm. that to John, John what, Fury what, what, interview. What? I'm, I'm scratching my chin like, oh, swear down. Like when he was talking about, oh, how they didn't want the fight to be held in Saudi. Yep. Mm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, yep. they wanted to be held in America. They wanted yep. to block. I that, was like, when that, you that whole thing about, yeah, the Americans being anti, anti I said, like, I said, rah, I didn't think like, about it in this way. Like that's, this is real, this is real boss. Real spit. <laughs> it's like he's, he's spitting right he's now. Spitting. <laughs> I was like, John Fury got bars. So yeah. Um, on the mark mad, mad insightful. If you ain't, if you ain't listened to it or seen it, go check that one out because it's only a seven minute interview, but he's spitting a lot of facts there and a lot of truths. And it's good that it was on BT, big big BT, because if it's on certain boxing channels, you know it could have been taken down real quick uh, yep. <laughs> after pressure from certain parties. <laughs> yep. No, when so, MTK uh, and Tyson <laughs> got the, <laughs> the team lock off. Boy, I was even like I checked it a day later to see if it was still there. I was like, okay, cool, it's still here. Phew, like AB ticket because it was that explosive, that that explosive. Yeah. Like he dropped bombs. Nice. He's calling, calling his son, the people around his son. Yes, man. He says his son should have come back to regroup, think about That's... it. He even called out his son, saying, "You said it's not about belts. Yep. You said you don't care about belts. Yep. Why don't you vacate the belt and yep. fight AJ? I was, I was going vacate to the belt. He suggested to vacate the belt. Belt." Fight AJ, so forget the belt because that's what you said. You said that before. Yeah, which is damn boy. He's pulled. He's pulled up his son. <laughs> he's basically he's basically just called his son a big hypocrite. That's literally what he just said. Damn. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask because I, I think I tried to look in. So with this whole arbitration process, yeah. Let's say Tyson Fury says no, I'm not fighting Wilder. They can't because what the, arbitration, the arbitration is legally binding. Yeah, but what do you mean? What if he doesn't? What's the consequences of not fighting Wilder? Then I think it would, then they would, Team Fury would owe Deontay Wilder a lot of money in terms of like that, yeah. 
they they will have to pay them off handsomely. I think if it still doesn't go down, but obviously it's legally binding. I, I want to so know how much happened. it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but it, let's. Because that's what I want to know. Team, I, team, I want to know the consequences. I, I if, if that doesn't happen, then I because I guess because of the legally binding aspect, they will then owe the money, or Team Wilder will then sue for damages or you know, all that kind of stuff, and get paid somehow regardless. But yeah, yeah. if the fight doesn't go down, basically Team Fury is going to owe Team Wilder a lot of bread. They will have because to pay, I, I guess. The reason I ask that because what Fury said to us that he's never fighting Wilder again. So with an arbitration in place, yeah. So, Which I yeah, think they, 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 they would have known that the arbitration was legally binding. Yeah, of course they did. They took, but they told all of us. I guess on any side, maybe he was naive to to be announcing things based on this. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, has, I think in future he is, won't be doing I, that again. I feel, I feel like obviously he bowed to public demand and pressure. Yeah. That's why, yeah, he bowed to that, which is why he announced it. He jumped the gun, he blew his load a bit too quickly. <laughs> um, jumped the gun a bit too quickly because of the public pressure and demand. And I guess when you, it's, it's almost like a chess move, isn't it? Like, because when you announce that the fight is basically agreed, the public get gassed and whatnot. And naturally that then puts pressure on Team Fury side to sign their end of the deal to satisfy yeah. the public demand again. So yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, I agree. I don't think Hearn should have jumped the gun too quick. But at the same time, Team Fury shouldn't have signed the thing a day before the result of the arbitration. That's that's ludicrous. Don't sign and announce it. And then a day later, then it's like, oh crap, well, you guys knew there was arbitration. So why did you sign it? <laughs> <laughs> why, why were you going along with the whole process? Why are you telling us for six months that it's not an issue? <laughs> dickheads. Yeah, just, dickheads, 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 dickheads. Could have, could have um, just fought him. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like that's going to go ahead. July, I mean, even even obviously July 24th, even I have doubts that date's going to be reached. Um, But yeah, July 24th, apparently. But yeah, wait, do you think that it's going to happen on that date? Um, I almost thought, I, I, feel, so. I, I, I feel like it's not realistic. <laughs> I don't know why um, I just feel like it's not realistic. Well, but I, they've probably both been preparing for it. They've probably yeah. both known for a while because while Fury seemed happy as hell to be signing that contract, he seemed happy as hell to be announcing it. He didn't seem upset by any of it. They've got the venue back. They've got the venue sorted, haven't they? And they did say got the venue. And they did say, I think there's no restrictions as well on, on crowd control on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, boy. But whether, it was, whether it was a ploy, whether it was a surprise to them or whatever, yeah. just, let's just get out of the way now. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll tune in, obviously. We'll see how, we'll see how it develops. But... um. Like I said before, bro, I don't care if it's Wilder or Fury. I just want AJ in an undisputed fight by like by, by next year, <laughs> whether it's this year or next year. I don't care who AJ fights as long as he's involved in that fight, an undisputed fight. And hopefully, obviously, want AJ to win, obviously. But yeah, I need him to be a part of it. That's it. Yeah, I don't care. These two, he deserves it. Yeah, he deserves it. That's why I want it so much from him because he's putting all the work. He's he's putting all the work. He's the yep. only one. He's the only one fighting man- mandatory defenses. Yep, <laughs> having mandatory is enforced on him. As Danny fight, said, fighting, yeah, fighting well, what top ten opponents constantly, right? <laughs> exactly. Only one. As Danny said last week, Fury's got this title and he's done nothing. He hasn't moved. Mm. He's just been peacocking up and down America. He has, he's done nothing. So um, yeah, yeah, but AJ's the one that deserves it the most, and he deserves all that bread coming to his way, coming his way. Um, but yeah, actually, 
yeah, AJ Uso looks like obviously team is Frank as Frank loved, you know, was so quick to tell us. Team Usyk were trying to enforce. He even tried. He tried to say that Usyk situation is the same. I said, no, it's not. What are you talking about, bro? It's, it's, it's so different. <laughs> so, yeah, what about that? Like, what are you talking about, bro? Usyk issues with the WBO, bro. He mentioned it four times. <laughs> he said, yeah, we still got that hurdle to go overcome. You didn't even know about it, and we still don't know about it. What? What he said is it's the same situation. I said, no, it's not the same situation. What are you talking about? Talk. Man's beef with the board. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, Team Usyk was well. They, yeah, they if they didn't get this, obviously now that the undisputed fight is off for sure. Yeah, they they've got their shot now, so we'll see how that one plays out as well. Um, hopefully, hopefully AJ comes through that. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, one thing I want to touch upon actually. Um, two things actually. First of all, let's give a big shout out to Nonito Donet. Oh yes. Um, we didn't, we didn't really there. Yeah, we didn't preview it last week, but obviously he was involved in a title fight with the the. I think it's featherweight, right? Is it featherweight or no? It's a ban, it's bantamweight. Uh, yeah, one eighteen. I think that's bantamweight, but yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, but one one eighteen, one hundred eighteen pounds. It was against the champion yeah. Nordin Ubali, who was the champion at that weight. Uh, father time, take a back seat. <laughs> that's, that's what um what the, the Showtime announcer said. Um, of course, I always forget his name, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, Donair has battered Ubali um to win his ninth. Yeah, he's now he's now a nine-time world champion. Nine-time nine-time world champion at the grand old age of 38. So hats off to him. Four weight classes. Four, four, yeah, weight. four weight classes, yeah. Nine, yeah. Nine-time world champion and four weight class. First of all, hats off to Donair because that performance, I watched the whole fight. That performance there was fantastic. Uh, just an amazing, amazing, one of the best performances I've seen from an old, old fighter. Absolutely brilliant, bro. He, like, this. I've seen a body fight before. I know what he brings. He's good. Him. He's, he's very good. Active. He's good. Very, very active. Pressures you. Constant, 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 like constant, like activity. But see, Donaire, yeah, had the fluid, the fluid, the fluidity of his movements. He was able to slip all the time, and just counter. Like, he was countering the whole night. Every yeah. time Ubali came forward with his own combos, Donaire slipped like the most majority of them, and peppered him with counter lefts and counter rights. It was beautiful. Perfect example of how to judge distance, how to employ timing, yeah. and how to slip punches. Like it was just a suit. Like I. Everyone go watch that because like, that performance there from Donair was amazing, especially at 38. Yeah. Donair is the highlights, yeah, man. Donair's a legend, he's a legend in the sport, you know, full on legend. Like, yeah, he is. Like, yeah, he is. He's been doing this for a long time. Um, I think they said that he's, he's been the world champion in, in three different decades now. I think they said something, I don't know, I don't know if it's three different decades, but yeah, he's been a long, he's been a world champion for a long, long time. Um, as you said, four weight classes, nine time champion, amazing stuff, man. Amazing, amazing stuff. Top performance. And shout out to him, man. Shout out to him. I really enjoyed that performance from him. And the thing is, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to ask. I I think there was a bit of controversy about one of the knockdowns. People saying, oh, yeah, it was after the bell of this and that. No, okay, yeah. So so what happened was... I saw it, but I want to hear your opinion. (laughs) Explain it, though. Yeah, no. So he's... He's dropped him earlier in the round. Yeah. And then... It's like, at literally, it was almost, when I first watched it, 
I, I, well, yeah, for me, it was like right when the bell went, he's yeah. hitting. So he's, he's hitting when the bell went. Mm. And obviously the bell's gone, but he, the punch is landing literally as the bell's gone. My man's crumpled to the floor. It was dirty as well. You see, see the yeah. way my bro, man <laughs> fell on his shoulder and his head. It was peak. Dirty, dirty knockdown. And then obviously, because it's come right as the bell went, the referee's obviously then gone and started counting. Yeah. But I think people were saying that, oh yeah, the ref shouldn't have counted because, yeah, because the bell's already gone. Yeah. The ref should, yeah, because the bell gone before he dropped. Because the bell's gone, then he's dropped. So the okay. ref should have allowed him. But yeah, Obviously, the ref then started counting and he's beat the count. But, bro, my man did not. Did you, did, did you see it? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't know where it was going. Fam! Because the thing is, the, the, ref, the ref confused him. Yeah, the ref pointed to the corner, but the corner he pointed to was corner. <laughs> yeah. And he kept going, he kept pointing the other way. <laughs> and the referee was like, yeah, yeah, over there. And he was, the way he was, oh, but he didn't know where he was. He had no clue where he was. It was so peak. Real, real yeah. dirty knockdown. So, yeah, um, I think people were saying that, yeah, the ref shouldn't account because technically the bell had gone. And obviously, mm. after he beat the count, the ref then said to the guys at the, at the ringside, ring the bell now. But it's like the bell's already <laughs> gone. <laughs> so, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the ref was, yeah, but, yeah, the ref saved him there because really and truly that should have ended there because this guy had no clue where he was. We saw that. And obviously, yeah. the next the next round, Donair finished the job and crumpled him again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, um, hats off to Donair, man. He's, he's, like I said, a real, real legend in the sport. Um, and to me, I, we know he's 38 and stuff. I knew he had, I knew Donair wasn't finished. Yeah. And he had a lot left in the tank. I'll tell you when, after his fight with Inoue. Yeah, he was, which, he was which still won, good there. Which was one of the best fights that year. I think that yeah. might have won fight of the year, you know. I mean, for that, I mean, I think the ring gave him, gave it fight of the year. But that fight there in the Super Series final was a cracker. And he gave Inoue his toughest fight ever. Because obviously, we know Inoue's been blasting everyone out in like one round yeah. and two rounds. Monster. But he's called the monster. So. Yeah, exactly. But, in, it, but in a way, he gave Inoue a hell of a fight. He, he broke Inoue's eye socket. He actually broke yeah. his face. Um, Inoue also did him dirty. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously he won the fight, but he dropped Donair with a dirty body shot in the 11th. And they, back, they basically battled each other, but Inoue deservedly got the points win. But yeah. That fight told me straight away that, yeah, Donair is definitely not finished. He's still got a lot left in the tank. And so I'm happy for him to you know, win his ninth world title um, in, in, at 118. And obviously he said he wants to go on and unify that, that division if he can. So shout out to him. He's still got the fire left in him despite being 38. Um, speaking of aging fighters, just before we go, <laughs> um, I want to talk about a certain old fighter who has recently failed a drugs test. Oh, That's going to put him out. <laughs> I had to touch upon yes. it, bro. I had to touch upon it. I had to touch yeah, upon we, it. We have to. Uh, Jean-Pascal. Yes. Jean-Pascal oh, was man, stated. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Jean-Pascal was stated to fight Badu Jack on the undercard of Mayweather Logan Paul. Um, and yeah, I think last week we've then seen Badu Jack tweet so the fight is off because Jean Pascal has failed a drugs test and they found three different steroids in his system. And I think the first thing you said was, <laughs> thought so. <laughs> could have told you that, you could have told you that two years ago. <laughs> Bro. Uh, go on, yeah, go, go. <laughs> Man, let me even, because I sent you the, the screenshots of the yeah. chat we had during 
the first John Pascal versus Bally Jack fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was look, watching that fight thinking, something's not right here. Yeah. I know exactly what my man's been doing in camp. Sean Pascal, a guy renowned for fading during fights. He starts off quick, but he always fades towards the end of fights. He's known for that. Um, this fight, he did not fade at all. And he was throwing haymaker after haymaker after haymaker Round for one? 12 rounds. 12 and 12. <laughs> haymaker after haymaker. Non-stop. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> How old was he at the time? He's late, late mid thirties, late thirties. Yeah, he was like thirty-five. Yeah, like thirty-five. I think was he. Yeah. So, in the tail end of your career, you want you're showing more stamina than you you showed in the last <laughs> ten years. I was like, I remember. I think Paulie Malinaji was commentating. I was like, Paulie Malinaji is not saying these real thoughts because if I have these suspicions, you have these suspicions. Facts. It was very suspect, and yeah. now it turns out. Obviously, even Baddy Jackson, he had these suspicions at the time. <laughs> Bro, even against um, Marcus Brown. Yep, we, same we, thing. We were saying the same thing. Like, yeah, he, he looks he look like, like I said, he's renowned for fading. And this guy just looks so strong and he's not fading. And I think that first Baddy Jackson, obviously, you, you, you so I say, our screenshots, our screenshot chat is so funny because we were saying like, I think we were saying stuff like, oh, look, look, look at Pascal, please. Look what he's doing. Like, I've never seen this from him before. And then I think I'm there like, he's going to, he'll fade later on, like, like normal. And it's like, bro, it's round 10 and he's still throwing combos like this. What's going on? <laughs> oh, you, have you got the chat there? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to wheel it up, man. <laughs> find it because, because it's, I was looking at it, I was like, no, this, this, so what, uh, wait, so this, this was what, two years ago, three years ago? When, when yeah, was it would have been 2019, it would have been. Yeah, so like I said, our suspicions, like the spidey sense per- perked up then thinking, this is not because we, obviously we've watched Pascal for a long time, so we know what he's like. Okay, well, you got it there now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I saying you'll fail later on. If not, I know exactly what he's been doing in camp. You're like, look at Pascal. I was like, this guy's throwing tw- haymakers. I was like, nah, he's exposed himself. Like, this is too suspicious for me. And you were saying, yeah, this was like the last fight with Brown. Yeah. And we we're both saying, what the hell? Yep. <laughs> He said, oh, no, I was about to say, I was about to say Pascal's tiring. Then he's just throwing a bad flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fight was yeah, too suspect. I remember, I remember that fight was so funny because, yeah, I, even that, you know, when I said look at Pascal, please, I remember because he just done some mad, mad combo. Just of straight haymakers, yeah, for like the bulk of the round. I was thinking to myself, what's this? I've never seen this before in my life from him. So, um, yeah. It was I, a brilliant fight, though. It was a brilliant fight. Sick fight. <laughs> sick, sick fight. Um, yeah, man. Um, shout out to Bio Jack, man, because he didn't hold back as well. Man, I added Pascal. I said, well you, sk- well, you can't fight me clean. He added Butte as well, because Butte, I think same thing happened with Jack and Butte. I think Butte failed test as well, which is why their fight got called off some time ago. But um, yeah, he wasn't happy at all. Um, but yeah, Pascal did expose himself, clearly, because we saw the Brown fight. He, he, the energy was crazy. The Jack fight the energy was nuts. The guy's like, what? Like I said, late 30s, never shown that kind of stamina before. Always fades late. We knew something was up. And um, yeah, apparently um, this for this fight, um, Team Jack insisted on doing Vada. Because I don't think for their first fight, Vada was involved. So they insisted this time Vada get involved. Because obviously they knew. Their man knew. And boy, the results have been shown. And Jack broke it down. He said the first sample showed one steroid and then they asked for obviously the b sample 
and then two more steroids popped up in the B-sub or something like that. So, yeah, man, similar to Jarrell Miller. I guess sometimes you just know in it. Um, I guess we, we were naive with Miller because remember how we said that we thought Miller was a freak of nature because man could throw so many, um, throw many um, shots as a heavyweight and, you know, throw so many punches per round. And we were saying, yeah, this guy's a freak, blah, blah. But we were naive because it turns out Miller was, has been doping probably much, probably his whole career. So sometimes, man, you just, you know, when, when you suspect something, just trust your gut with this kind of thing. Yep. And um, obviously, obviously we, we, we always speak on it until it, you get caught, you're innocent to prove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But we have I mean, our suspicions. Yeah, yeah, I've, You know, as you know, I've, I've voiced my suspicions about a certain legend, but innocent <laughs> until proven guilty. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I just hope there's VADA testing for all fights. Yep. Vada's the way forward, man. Testing the youth. We want a clean sport. And yeah, we, we acknowledge how exciting that, that Jack Pascal fight was, but really and truly, clean sport has to always win, man. Clean, clean, you know, clean hearts got to win. So um, yeah, we'll see who gets an opponent. I mean, who, who Jack fights. I mean, I hope he, the opponent won't be as good as Pascal. I was actually really looking forward to that, that second fight between them. I was yeah. really looking forward to seeing, <laughs> just see what kind of Pascal turns up. Clearly, <laughs> we've got more to say. <laughs> so it would have been another, it would have been another cracker still. <laughs> yeah, still. Um, maybe they should maybe they should have a boxing class for just drug users. If you yeah. want to use everyone, uses, the- <laughs> yeah. So everyone has to have the same stack in terms of like what they can take and the same levels. And then we'll see who the real top dog is. That, that would be fun still. Haymakers from round one to twelve. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's leave it there. Nice little episode there, episode 40. Strap Season Podcast. I'm your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And make sure you check us out on all the socials and all the streaming services. Peace. <laughs>